Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan, and we are speaking with Daniel Bobinski, who has spent over 30 years in the executive management uh, corporate trainer world, uh, workplace issues consultant who recently uh, was called by God to write and speak about issues that are facing our country. Uh, we've talked earlier about uh, many of the of, of the founding foundations of our country, uh, God being important in terms of the moral basis for dealing with our government, dealing with our neighbors, dealing with others. And so he has written an article called Seven Predictions, How 2020 Comes to an End. And I would like to, uh, first of all, Daniel, thank you so very much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So we are now going to get into an article that you wrote called Seven Predictions, How 2020 Comes to an End. And like many things, I mean, when we make predictions, uh, I don't know, I think we, we hope that they will be true. We expect that they will be true, but we understand in making predictions, uh, we don't really know what the future is. Uh, I would say, and I think you would say that it is part of God's plan uh, but we don't know God's plan. We can only uh, love God and uh, try to be the kind of person that uh, God would expect. But nevertheless, let's talk about uh, the seven predictions for how 2020 comes to an end. So do you want to start uh, from prediction number one? What was it? And uh, how do you see that uh, being in play? Well, prediction number one is that President Trump will win the election in a landslide. And I guess that depends on how you define landslide. Uh, but uh, my prediction, I mean, we've, uh, we've already had the election. He's, he has, uh, they've yet to declare a winner, but I think when all the dust settles, uh, my prediction is going to be Trump with 305 electoral votes. Uh, to Joe Biden's, what, 233 or something like that. And uh, it's, it's going to be uh, just a victory for Trump. But we have uh, some things to expose between now and then. Um, what we also know is that we've been kind of gaslighted because they've been uh, propping up the polls. Uh, those have shown to be um, just a farce. 
Uh, I was just reading here, you know, an article by uh, Greg Jarrett at thegregjarrett.com. He's talking about how, you know, we don't know the winner yet, but we do know the loser, and that's the polls, and that's so true. Uh, but I do believe, and I and I'm not worried. You know, I think we're going to see President Trump as the winner. Well, you know, you have a lot of experience uh, dealing with, uh, you know, groups and and things of that nature. So um, the polls are an interesting thing. You know, uh, my wife and I also always talk about this because we never participate in polls, we probably get 10 calls a day, like just about everyone else. And as soon as we know it's a poll, we, uh, you know, just hang up the telephone. Uh, so in the, how can you expect polls to be anywhere close to accurate in a, in a country with 330 million people, or, or let's even say 200 million people who even know what what's going on enough to be participating. How, how do you go about constructing polls that can in any way be accurate? I'm not sure you can anymore. I think the, the, uh, the culture uh, from the left has poisoned the environment uh, to the point that uh, people who would stand up for President Trump or any conservative candidate, they don't want to be canceled. They don't want their, their house firebombed. They don't want to get shot at. They don't want their cars keyed. They don't want any damage done to their, uh, uh, their house or their property. They don't want to lose their jobs. And we see that happening all over the place. And I think people say, it's not worth it. I'm just not going to answer. Well, that's the essence of voting. You're doing it in the privacy of a voting booth. And so it's certainly, if you want to express yourself in a safe manner, or so-called safe manner, uh, that certainly is the best way to do it. And I, I agree with you that <clears throat> certainly uh, any poll that's taken in a public way where, you're, where your personal information would be available to the public in any way is a risk. And, and there's no way that a poll uh, can be accurate. How about the influence that a poll will have on on other people? Do you see that as a factor? Yeah, it, it's kind of a weird psychology, isn't it? Um, and I, I suppose I'm kind of a uh, maybe a different kind of animal, but I've never let a poll influence my voting choice, uh, nor. Have I let a poll influence whether or not I vote at all? I'm always going to say, this is what I want, this is what I agree with, and this is what I'm going to vote for. Apparently, though, uh, other people are influenced by polls. I don't understand that, but uh, apparently <laughs> that's how it works. Um, that it, it's, just, it's crazy to me how somebody can, can uh, say, oh, well, so-and-so is higher up in the poll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for him. But apparently people do that. Well, the other thing, of course, is, and I know you know this very well, is that the construction of the questions determines the outcome of a poll. Very so, much. And so uh, you have experience in that, don't you? And, if, and I'd, I'd like you to kind of talk about that. What I call them guided questionnaires. In other words, the questions are designed to provoke a specific answer Uh how does that work? You know, do you think that's a factor? 
I do. I do think it's a factor. Um, you know, I've not created any polls myself, but I have created questionnaires for research and my uh, master's and my doctoral work. And uh, it, it, you do think through the questions very carefully and how they're going to be received by the people who are, who are hearing them or reading them. Uh, so, yes, a lot of psychology, a lot of thought goes into it as to the impact of those words. So I, I think what, what you're asking there is, is are polls constructed to lead somebody to a certain way? And I, I think, yes, that does definitely happen, which is sad. Uh, but, you know, again, pollsters are in business. And if, you know, I suppose a very left-wing organization were to contact the pollster and offer them a lot of money, and the pollster wanted that lot of money, they would construct the poll however the person paying uh, wanted that poll constructed. It's kind of interesting. We uh, in government here, uh, and of course, my being government in in our county, uh, we deal with these issues from time to time, uh, and we see questionnaires uh, that are offered to the public. And what I look at is, first of all, what percentage what percentage of the public actually responded to the questionnaire? If you have a questionnaire that's available to 100% of the population and 3% actually answer the questionnaire or participate in the questionnaire, that's one factor. And the second factor, when I'm reading through the questions and I look, they're usually multiple choice, and you get to the end of the multiple choices and there's nothing there that allows you to say none of the above, uh, that to me is a very suspicious thing in terms of accuracy. Oh, oh yes. When I have chosen to participate in a uh, telephone poll, and I have from time to time, if I have the time, um, that has been one of my biggest beefs. That just just what you described when they when they offer you options and none of the options fit, and you can't and they they want an answer. And, and I have actually stood, Mike, I remember one time saying, I'm not going to answer that question because I have no answer for that question. And they've actually let me proceed without answering the question. But um, I suppose if what you're talking about is a written question... So let's go on to prediction number two, uh, that, that Joe Biden will not concede the election. And, and obviously... Neither candidate at this point has conceded the election. We're 48 hours, roughly 48 hours after the election today. There, neither candidate has conceded. So I am not, I'm, I'm not shocked by that or I don't question that uh, uh, prediction. Would you, uh, would you have predicted that we would not known, would not have known the uh, results of the election? Uh, 48 hours afterward? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, predictions number two, three, and four tie together pretty closely. Um, so if you'll allow me, I'd like to kind of interweave all of them because I think they're de definitely intertwined. Yes, I would think that would be a good thing to do. So have at it. Um, well, prediction three is that Joe Biden would not concede. And I, that's because, I mean, I made that prediction because months and months ago, Hillary Clinton told Joe Biden, do not concede. And so, okay, okay, if she's saying that, he's going to listen to her. And then I'm listening to Nancy Pelosi. 
when she wanted the um, back on April 1st, there was an article, I believe it was Newsweek, and she has saying, we need to do vote by mail. This, this coronavirus, then we need safety. We need to have vote by mail. And we need a, you know, we need two billion dollars to put together a vote. In fact, four billion would be better. Maybe even six billion. Well, uh, four or five weeks later, there was five weeks later, there was a three point six billion dollar vote by mail bill that got to Congress and was approved. Uh, in other words, uh, our tax dollars uh, paid for this massive fiasco we have right now, because prediction number three is massive voter fraud will create confusion. And the Marxists, what I, you know, my, my word for Democrats these days, they're going to insist that every vote counts. And they know that the right side of the political aisle is very fair, and they, they do want every vote to count. And they're going to play on that, and they are playing on that. We've been hearing that. We have to count every vote. Every vote has to count. Well, of course it does. Uh, the problem is we're counting a lot of fraudulent votes. And I know Twitter and Facebook right now uh, will you know, cancel me out for saying that. Uh, they'll you know, block my account because they're part of this team. They're part of this, I'll call it a cabal. Uh, to me, this has all been strategized, Dr. Dan. This has all been strategized. They knew exactly what they were going to do um, from the get-go. <laughs> um, do you mind if I quote a little bit from Joe Biden's acceptance speech? Go right ahead. On election night, he gave a three, about a three-minute speech. And he got up and said, we believe that we're on track to win this election. We knew because of the unprecedented early vote and the mail-in vote that it's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until all the hard work of tallying votes is finished. And it ain't over till every vote is counted. But we're feeling good. We're feeling good about where we are. We're feeling really good about Wisconsin and Michigan. And by the way, it's going to take time to count the votes, but we're going to win Pennsylvania. And he's smiling while he says that. Now, what we have to remember is he was 15 points down in Pennsylvania, or close to 15 points down, when he made those remarks. With 64% of the vote already in. In fact, that was a misprint. When you take a look at the number of votes, it was actually closer to 80% of the votes were already in uh, compared to registered voters to the votes that they already counted. How can he be so confident that we're going to win Pennsylvania and be smiling, talking about we have to count all the votes, it's going to take a while, unless he knew what was going on? And the next morning, Wisconsin and Michigan went from uh, five-point Trump leads to suddenly Biden's in the lead. And we see now it's coming out. Uh, there are five different precincts in Milwaukee uh, had more than 100% of the registered voters voting. The number of, we had more votes than the registered voters in those precincts. And two of those precincts had over 200% of registered voters voting. 
How does that happen? This is, this is not just common core math. We're talking about, I believe, serious voter fraud. And I believe this is what Nancy Pelosi knew about. Uh, we have people who are actually coming out and confessing this already. Uh, people who are a postal worker. Uh, just uh, this morning I was reading a postal worker saying he has observed ballots being hand-stamped, even though it was the day after the election, they were being hand-stamped for the day of the election. And he's come out and he's, he's already admitted it. So we already know it's been happening. We had the Project Veritas videos where they were buying votes. They're paying people for their ballots. Let me give you $200, you give me your ballot. We have it on video. And yet Twitter and Facebook are telling us that this is all just unsubstantiated rumors. I don't, I don't see how you can call it unsubstantiated rumors. But back to the predictions, uh, prediction number four is that um, because of all the mail fraud ballots showing up late, election results will be delayed. So uh, let's, go let's, let's go ahead here because uh, I think everyone, everyone within the sound of my voice expects voter fraud. It has been part of the the Democrat Party operating procedure now for decades. Their ideas are so far out of the mainstream, even more now, they're so far out of the mainstream that they know that the only way they can win anything is by lying, cheating, and stealing. So we all know that. So here we now come down to the real crux of the issue. And and that is when you get down to prediction number seven, uh, and that's really where it's at for us right now, isn't it? Uh, what is going to happen in the end? What do you think is going to happen? So let's have it. Well, um, prediction number seven is that uh, while we have the vanguard Marxists trying to obfuscate in Congress, we have the street Marxists. Uh, doing the violence and intimidating us down here on the street level, which is basically Antifa and Black Lives Matter groups, uh, Bernie bros, who even back in the spring said that if Bernie is not going to be elected, we're going to burn this place down. Um, you don't see Republicans and conservatives out breaking glass and burning cars and burning buildings. Uh, you see that from the political left. And I'm holding in my hand as we speak a document that somebody sent me it was leaked out called Stopping the Coup, the Disruption Guide for 2020. And this is, um, they, they really do believe that it's President Trump who's going to be stealing the election from Joe Biden. And they're planning on preventing that with military means if possible. So what we have is uh, a bunch of um, basically what I call street Marxists who are probably being funded by George Soros and other people who want to see America switch over to being a communist nation, part of the Great Reset. And if your listeners haven't heard about that, I highly recommend you look up the Great Reset. But you're going to have a bunch of street Marxists causing chaos on the streets. And I think we're going to see some violence in the coming weeks uh, as they are very upset. They know that if they don't win, they don't pull this off, that they're going to have to deal with a true patriot Donald Trump for another four years, and they don't want to do that. This is their livelihood. They see this as a do-or-die uh, proposition, and I think uh, it's like an animal backed into the corner. 
They're going to get mean. They're going to bite. They're not going to care if people bleed. All the cards are on the table in this one, Daniel Bobinski. Uh, but I think that uh, in the end, uh, it is in the hands of God. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. Yes, absolutely. Daniel Bobinski, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you for having me. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah,